take you over to a place first. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures, but I think something that's very important. I'm going to talk about light and biblical light. First, I want you to go to Luke 11. Uh, look at verse 38 with me. I'm, I'm sorry, 34. And then I'm going to give you uh, something that I found uh, that happened to an owl that I think is significant. And I want to take you into a place and really encourage you today because I believe that uh, one thing I've prayed, Lord, let me have the right perspective about you. Don't let me think anything that religion would, would skew. Now, now, let me say this, qualify this. There's, there's five mentions of religion in the New Testament. Only one is a positive. Only one. Because Jesus didn't come to start a new religion. He, he came to start relationship. The only one that speaks positive is what I believe that God calls each of us to do to visit the fatherless and the widow. That's pure religion. That's what the Bible calls pure. Every other time it, he, Jesus talks about religion, he's talking about the Pharisees and those who are pretenders, those who are not really, uh, you know, religion is man's attempt to get to God. But God gives, gives us a, a beautiful picture. Uh, it was when we couldn't get to him, he came to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Now, look with me in this passage. It says the eyes of... Uh, let me go to the King James first. The light of the body is the eye. That word for light, when you see the word light, it's phos. It's luminous. It's, it's what light does. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is single, your whole body will be full of light. But when your eye is evil or following the evil one, your body also is full of darkness. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in you be not darkness. If your whole body, therefore, be full of light... Having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light as when the bright shining of a candle doth give thee light. Now, I want to read it from the Passion Translation for you because I believe it's significant. The eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. When your heart is open and the light floods in, but when your heart is hard and closed, the light can not penetrate and darkness takes its place. Open your heart and consider my words. Watch out that you do not mistake your opinions for revelation light. If your spirit burns with light fully illuminated with no trace of darkness, you will be a shining lamp reflecting rays of truth by the way you live. Now when he says, Jesus, these are in red, this is what Jesus said. If your eye is single, that word single comes from a very powerful Greek word. It don't really mean, I, I, we've heard people say it's if your eye is healthy, or if your eye is single. Let me give you the definition of single. It, it means to weave, it comes from a word that means to weave or to plait. It, it literally means that if your eye, if you have the same perspective that the Spirit gives you, the Father gives you. If you have the same perspective, then your whole body is going to be full of light. Foss. 
Now, let's look, you don't have to turn there, but John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. That word with, pros, face to face. And the Word was God, the same as in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light, phos, of men. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. That word comprehend, it couldn't understand it, and it couldn't extinguish it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for witness of that light, but was not that light. He came into the world, and the world was made by him, but the world didn't know him. He came into his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him to them gave he the right to become the sons and the daughters of God, who were not born of the will of man, nor the will of the flesh, nor the blood, but born of God, born from above. Nicodemus said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, you must be born again. That word born again means to be born from above. By the power of the Spirit, rebirth. I told mama, I said, don't get mad at me. I was born wrong the first time. I was born into sin. And I'm grateful for my mother. My mother's precious. But you understand that, that when we get born from above, all of a sudden there's a new nature that gets deposited within us. And Peter says we've been made partakers of the divine nature. So it's important what you gaze at, what you, what you allow your vision to become weaved into. Because he said, if your eye's evil, that means if you're, if you, if you're, we, if, if you're platted in with the perspective of the world or the devil, your whole body is going to be full of darkness. Now hang with me. Let me tell you a story. There was a... I've really been fascinated by owls. I was, and this is significant, this is relative. I remember going back in the 90s, driving my buck truck hunting way before daylight. I was driving through, before you get to Collins Chapel Road, through a, a little dip where there's a lot of woods. And I felt something wham hit the side of my truck. And I said, what was that? And I saw in the reflection of my taillights, it's an owl. He was after something and my truck got in the way. And he's standing in the road kind of staggering because he's dazed. And I thought, I thought, man, I hope I don't hurt. I went up and turned around. When I got back, he was gone. But you understand something about an owl. There, it's one of Abba's... Our, Father's most incredible creations. Fascinating because their eyes are in such a way that both their eyes can go in any direction. They can see behind them. And the darkness does not affect them. Now watch. Tracy Young and her colleagues at Raven Ridge Wildlife Center in Pennsylvania often joke that the most urgent animal rescue calls come right when they're about to leave for dinner. Never did this phenomenon ring truer than last month when just as she was about to close for the night, Young got an emergency call from a local game warden. The warden told Young that he'd just rescued an owl who'd been stuck in a manure pit on the local farm for the past two days. 
Young knew there was only one thing to do. She told the warden to bring the bird over as soon as he could. I knew it was going to be a long night. Young told the dodo. Though she expected the owl would be a bit smelly, Young was caught off guard by the disgusting odor wafting off the poor bird. Lovingly, she began to call him Stinky. Young could tell Stinky was severely dehydrated from two days of being stuck in the hot sun. She also noticed that one of the owl's eyes appeared cloudy and red. The, the animal expert quickly gave the bird lots of fluids as well as anti-inflammatory and pain medicine. Afterwards, she administered the first of many baths. The grateful owl, exhausted after his ordeal, remained calm. He was so subdued, he was tired from his struggle. Would you put that first picture up there, Timothy? A couple of days, look at that eye. Now, you understand that it was inflamed and red, and she's working with it. Stinker was beginning to transform in a couple of days. His feathers were shinier. His cloudy eye was less swollen. However, Young noticed that was still something behind Stinky's injured eye. Using tweezers, Young examined the area. Peeking behind the bird's eye, Young was heartbroken to find a pellet from a BB gun lodged in the socket. Surely this was why the owl had fallen into the manure pit. What happened? It, it, it didn't fall in the manure pit because it couldn't fly. It didn't fall in the manure pit because, it did, it, because of its heart. It lost its perspective. How many of us lose our perspective when we fall into the smelly place of sometimes even religion? Come on, I'm going to be honest with you. I had to, God had to unravel some things. I, I knew a Jesus who was, I could handle, but many times in my life, there was a, a, the God, the Father, I was, I was scared to death of him because I didn't know him that well. I, I, I thought that Jesus came to, to rescue us from an angry father. And I've always been raised to believe I could never measure up and I would never be good enough. Come on, somebody. I, I was raised to believe that God was somewhat mostly disappointed with me because I had a different, something was wrong with my perspective. I'm about to get happy now. So here's what happened. She reached in with the tweezers and pulled out the BB. Astonished by the owl's recovery, despite the odds, Young stopped calling the bird stinky and started calling him by a new name. Put that second picture up there. Stop calling him stinky and called him lucky. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, his whole perspective has been restored. I prayed, I said, Lord, don't let my eye, let it be single. Let it be platted with your perspective about me. Let me know myself the way you know me. Because I don't want to get, I don't want to lose my, my bearings and I don't want to get a phone off track. Lord, help me, Father, to keep and, and 
heal my perspective about you. Come on, I'm, I'm here to help somebody. Somebody needs to hear this. Now, let me take you on a journey just for the next few moments. And John 8, verse 12. The light of the body is the eye. If your eye is single, if your perspective is whole, if you have a right perspective of the Father, your whole body is going to be full of light. Now watch. Jesus said in John 8, after he had said to the woman caught in the act of adultery. You know, what's really strange is the Pharisees didn't bring the man because Moses' law said both of them are supposed to be stoned. That's the way religion will do. It always says try harder. That was, that's the message of religion. But let me tell you something about relationship. Quit trying so hard. Apart from my works, God's work is enough. And he sees us and he loves us with this indelible, amazing, incredible love. Now watch, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. That word light means false. And those who embrace me will experience life-giving light and they will never walk in darkness. Now, here's something for you. Turn over to Matthew chapter 5. Verse 14. Remember John 8, 12? He said, I am the light of the world. Now, in the King James Version of Matthew 5, he says, you are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel and put a candlestick that it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, your foss, your luminescence, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, let's go a little further. Look with me to, oh, let's go over to James 1, verse 17. I want to show you something I saw. I never, I've read this so many times. I quoted it. Every good gift and perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the Father of lights. That jumped off the page at me. I used to think, well, that's the stars, the sun, the moon, and all the lights. And he said, you need to relook at that. I'm the creator of the sun, yes, sir. the stars. I am not the father of the stars. I am your father. Yes, sir. And you are the lights. I felt that go all over me. He's the father of lights. You, you know he's talking about you. If you're born again, you've got to have the right perspective as well. Hang with me. We've got to go here. First John chapter 1. 
John is the same guy that wrote the Gospel of John and the book of Revelation. First, second, third John. He's the one that's, that, that writes three times at least in the, in the Gospel of John, the disciple that Jesus loved. I used to wonder, who's he talking about? And I found out he's talking about himself. John writes... The disciple that Jesus loved. Not that he didn't love everybody else, but John had a perspective. Come on, this is where the Lord wants us to go. To this, this, this fact about knowing how much we're loved. So that we become luminescent in our existence. And we just glow. Come on, somebody. Look at somebody and tell them you're just glowing. Yeah, it's okay. Woo. So if he's the father of lights and we're the lights, all this is coming together and making a whole lot of, of, of truth. First John chapter 1. Verse 5. From the Passion. This is the life-giving message. We've heard him share. The Greek word for life-giving message is angelia. Angelia is found only twice in the New Testament. So it, it's related semantically to a word euangelio. Euangelion, which means to evangelize or preach the life-giving message. The Aramaic can be translated as what Jesus spoke. This is the hope that we've heard from him and gives you hope because God is light and there's absolutely no darkness in him at all. Amen. Let's read it. He said, I'm going to read it from the King James first. This is the message we've heard of him and declare unto you. Verse 5, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Remember, in James, he says, Every good and perfect gift comes from above from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Why is there no shadow? Because he's light. And because he's light, he's also love. Twice in the book of John, 1 John 4, 8 and verse 16, he says, God is love. Now, in 1 John 1, let's go back to the passion. I, I've, I've got to give you this. This is the life-giving message you've heard him share. It's still ringing in our ears. We now repeat his words to you. God is pure light. You will never find even a trace of darkness in him. Jesus said, the prince of this world is coming just before he went to the cross. And he said, he has nothing in me. I've given him no position of opportunity in my life. How could he do that? Because he's the son of God and he has created us to be sons of God. If he's the light of the world, darkness can't extinguish it. If we are the light of the world, guess what? The darkness can't dis extinguish you either. You with me? Yes. Let's take this journey. It is so good. 
Because you got to know how much you're loved. This, this beloved identity thing is a real deal. It's a real deal because it brings wholeness to us. And, and this, this trying so hard to, to fit the standard that I believe that I, was conveyed to me so that my perspective was so skewed, I, I couldn't have that. There were things that I struggled with every day. Until I got a revelation light. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. That means he doesn't have any ulterior motive. And he's not out to get me. He's out to love me. Come on, you understand why you were born? You, you were born for a purpose. Let me tell you what your purpose is. To be loved by him. To be loved by him. Now, watch. He said, we now repeat his words to you. God is pure light. He will never find even a trace of darkness in him. That means that no darkness at all can find a place in him. That although we don't have these exact words and in any of the four gospels, John makes it very clear that the apostles attributed these words to Jesus. You know, not everything Jesus said and did was written in the four Gospels. John says in chapter 21, he said, I suppose if the whole world was poured into all the books, it would not be enough to contain all that he said and he did. Come on, he's... Woo, but he's given us enough so that we can walk in this this amazing revelation with perspective about him so that we can walk totally whole and healed. He says, if we, keep, if we claim that we share life with him but keep walking in the realm of darkness. I was always taught, raised, and it was true. If you have light and walk back of the light, you're still in darkness. And you're living now in disobedience. Because you have the light and you're walking behind it instead of in it. But you understand, when I came to this place of beloved identity and I began to understand the depth of his love for me, that, that we're the treasure in the hand of a Savior who looks at you and is fascinated with you. Let me let, let you think about this. Do you think anybody that's born is boring to God? No. Absolutely not. Here's what Isaiah 62.4 says. I'm no longer going to call you forsaken. You'll no longer feel uh, abandoned. I don't want you to feel like an orphan. He said, I'm going to give you a new name. This is 800 years before Jesus shows up. I'm going to give you a new name. I'm going to call you Hezebah. Which means my delight is in you. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I just found out he's delighted in me. Yeah, come on somebody. I'm not going to call your land fruitless and barren anymore. Because I'm, I'm getting involved in this thing. 
I'm, I'm going to walk with you. That I'm married to you. I'm going to call it Beulah because I'm married to your journey. That There's many times in my life, in the past, I said, Lord, I wonder where you are. Why are you so far away from me? He said, I'm not. I've never been far away from you. I've always been right there as close as your breath. I've always been there through every step you've taken because I'm married to your journey from birth to the grave. I'm married to your journey. And even after that, you don't have to worry because my my fascination is with you and when you begin to understand that depth of love and interest from a father who sees you and and Jesus said it in John 17 he said with the same love father you love me you love them Ooh, I could never grasp that I thought it was about performance no do you understand if if our performance makes God love us more that's not perfect love if my lack of performance makes him love me less than his love, if it diminishes one degree, it's not perfect love. I said, Lord, give me a right perspective so that I can see myself like you see me. I want to see, I want to know what, I want to be full of light. So that I walk in this revelation. It's not pride and arrogance. It's confidence. Confidence to know that you're deeply loved. And he's come to make provision for you. Not to be in darkness any longer. The Bible says that there's. Isn't it amazing? Now I'm guilty of this. When God does something we don't understand. Or doesn't do something we expect him to do. We just attribute it to his sovereignty. When we can't explain it. Well God's sovereign. He wants to be involved in every waking moment, every sleeping moment. He said, didn't you know, I never get tired. I never get weary. I'm always aware of you. In Isaiah 40, 31, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. He says, if we claim, you'll never find even a trace of darkness in the Father. If we claim that we share life with him but keep walking in the realm of darkness, we're fooling ourselves and not living the truth. But if we keep living in the pure light that surrounds him, we, shall, we share unbroken fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, continually cleanses us from all sin. Now look over with me to 1 John chapter 4. Verse 7. Here's the perspective. And John's writing about it. Because he was always closest to Jesus. Leaning on him. He said those who are loved by God. For God so loved the world. While I was still a heathen. He loved me. He said let his love continually pour from you to one another. Because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God. And experience an intimate knowledge of Him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God. For God is love. The light of God's love shined within us. Now that word light, there's phos again. The illumination. The luminousness. Come on. 
I shared a word with you, effervescence. You remember the Alka-Seltzer commercials, right? Plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. You could see the effervescent. I was always fascinated by the effervescence of the, of, of the bubbles coming off the Alka-Seltzer. The Lord took me a little deeper in that revelation. And he said, that's what I want you to be is effervescent. I want the bubbles coming off of you to be my glory and, and the light of who I am so that others can find the truth of who they are and knowing who I am, that my love is unshakable, it's unstoppable, it's unchangeable, and I want them to come into that place of absolute wholeness. He said, this is the love. He sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is the love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to take away, to be the special sacrificial offering to take away our sins. Delightfully loved ones, if he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. Now, I want to tell you something. My assignment is like lucky. God had to, he had to get all the, get, get my perspective right so that I could be made whole. So that I began to be filled with the light. Now I began to have the right perspective. I mean, this, this owl, he wasn't debilitated because he couldn't, he couldn't fly. He wasn't debilitated because he couldn't, uh, that, that his heart wasn't beating. He was debilitated because his perspective was messed up by a BB. And he fell in the manure pit. The enemy is relentless in trying to keep us from knowing the truth about how God sees us. Now this one verse right here transformed my life. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Galatians 2.20. Paul is writing to the church at Galatia. You know what's so amazing about Paul? He'd been shipwrecked, beaten with rods three times, snake bitten, stoned and left for dead. And he said, none of these things move me. And he writes in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. His crucifixion was my crucifixion. Except he suffered all of that. My old man must die with him. Nevertheless, I live, but it's not me living. It's Christ living in me. You are the light. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. So what does it mean to live by the faith of the Son of God? No, he didn't say by the faith in the Son of God. That's how we're saved. How do you live by the faith of the Son of God? We live our life according to what he believes 
about us. Apart from my works, God's work is enough. And because of His work in redeeming me, I can just get poured out for Him. I love it. I'm going to tell you a little testimony. Last week I told you about Pastor Brent. Didn't even know what he was doing. I had sown a seed. The night before, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I want you to sow. We have six people living downstairs at our house and I call it the Hughes Commune but I know why they're there because two of the girls a 23 year old and a 14 year old have been grossly abused and so the Lord instructed me he said I want you to go down and give your granddaughter and those two sisters an extravagant gift I went down with great joy because I knew God had spoken to me. And I had it because it was the the oldest girl's birthday. The next day, my granddaughter said, Big Daddy, I prayed. I said, Lord, I don't have any money to help celebrate her birthday. So I prayed. And she said, the next day, here you come down the stairs. I said, you see, you're going to see God move in an epic way. On your behalf. I couldn't even hardly get that out of my hand until God sent a man to give it back with interest. Come on. You can you can create when you listen to the Holy Spirit. We don't give to get. We listen to the Holy Spirit. And we follow his direction. Well, wasn't a couple of days later. that Kaylee had said she'd been having nightmares, couldn't sleep. And she said, I'm kind of dyslexic, so so I can't read, so I listened to the Bible, and I slept like a baby. And she told my daughter, she said, I want to understand. I want to know more. So my daughter downstairs started the new freedom class with these girls and my granddaughter. Why? Because God, I told her, I said, this is set up. I said, he's fixing things that's been broken for way too long. He's bringing wholeness to hearts that have had the wrong perspective for too long. I said, Lord, heal our perspective about ourselves. And that's through my perspective of you. So I want to pray for you. If you're here, I don't want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes because he's, I think he's, he's, he's moving right now. But I want you to, I want you to, if if you feel the tug of the Holy Spirit and you need the Lord to heal your perspective I did I prayed I said Lord heal my perspective I'm still walking it out I haven't arrived I'm walking it out if you're kind of like lucky 
and you want a right perspective, you want God to heal your perspective, slip your hand up right there where you are. Yeah, yeah, I see. God bless you. God bless you. If you're not saved, if you're not born again, Jesus said in the garden of Gethsemane as he's praying before he went to the cross, John 17, 3, he said, Father, this is eternal life that they know you and they know me. Wow. It's not a formula. It's a relationship. So I'm going to pray this prayer with you. And if you need people to pray, there's people here who will pray. If you'll pray with these people that need prayer, if you'll be a prayer warrior and join them in prayer uh, after even after service, slip up your hand. Let them know who you are. Look, there's people who will pray with you and counsel with you if you need any of that. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your provision, your abundance. Thank you, Lord, for the love that you've lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. I pray for that one, Lord, who's had the wrong perspective, maybe through uh, the other people's words, their, 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 their bitter words, those toxic words. Lord, through other people's opinions, circumstances. Lord, that does not define who we are and who they are. Lord, I thank you, Father, that our, 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 our identity comes from you. Just like little Wayne T. Runnels, Lord, he's an expression of you. And Lord, we become the expression of you in the earth. I pray, Lord, you'll bring wholeness and healing to every heart that needs a right perspective. Every life, Lord, let our eyes be single and planted with your perspective so that we're full of light. And God, we can dispel the darkness and bring glory to your name. I pray for healing in bodies. I pray, Lord, for wholeness to come uh, through, uh, Lord, even the emotions and, and even those, Father, who need a special touch from you. I pray, Lord, let it be so now so that you get the glory and we get the benefits of who you are and how much we're loved. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. I want you to embrace that. God bless you. Encourage somebody before you go. And uh, we're thankful for all of you. God bless you today.